Alrighty. Well, thank y'all for being back this evening. We have a, a good crowd this evening. We had an, an awesome class this afternoon, if you ask me. We had a, several men join us in our, in our outreach ministry class for deacons, and I thought it was an, an, an excellent class. It had some good participation, and so I hope we will keep that going a week after next. We'll continue on. But So this, this evening, uh, we're going to go over some stuff. Now, you got a handout. That handout's pretty lengthy, isn't it? Don't lose it. Because when you come back in two weeks, now we don't we don't meet next Sunday evening because we have third Sunday. So, but with the following Sunday evening, five o'clock, we will finish. So, we're going to try to get through close to half. We may not get through all half because there's some we have business meeting this evening, and we do have some significant business that we want to get through this evening. So, I will shut it down at a, an appropriate time. But we're going to work through some things together. So, here's the thing. What we're going to do tonight is some material that's really important for new members of Pine Hill Baptist Church. But it's also important for members of the church that have never been through a new members class. So let me ask you this. Of everybody that's here, how many of you have been through a new members class for Pine Hill Baptist Church? Hold your hand up. Anybody? So I guess it was appropriate for us to do this class. Amen. All right, so, so new members class is, is, is your pastor looking at stuff, studying stuff, putting things together, but then also looking into your bylaws, looking into the church uh, history, talking about the church, because some of the things that we're going to talk about are specific to Pine Hill Baptist Church. Some are, are specific to Christianity, Christian ministry, but some of them are specific for this church. Because the church is autonomous. The church is self-led, self-driven, self-governed. Okay, that's what autonomous means. You make the decisions for how you worship, for the things you worship, uh, how you participate. Uh, as, a, as a body of believers, we're, all, we're part of the corp, uh, co-op. We're part of the, uh, the, the cooperative program. Uh, we, we participate with the Georgia Baptist Convention. We participate and we're members of the Southern Baptist Convention. They do not run the church. We're, we participate with them because of we have like beliefs and the things that they do, we do them corporately because there's more power in numbers. And power is strictly relating to ministry outreach missionaries. That's where, when I refer to that. We can touch more people together than we can't separately. You think about it now, if we just chose a couple missionaries and we were to support them, we would be choosing one, two, three, four, five missionaries, all right? But through the cooperative program, we, we support hundreds of missionaries, and that's part of our outreach program. But that's why we are part of those conventions to support and help with outreach. Plus, we do get some, some uh, educational stuff from them that helps with that. But this church is autonomous. This church makes their own decisions. They govern their own thing. That's why you have a business meeting once a month. You make your own decisions. You, you hire and fire whoever that you need to. Maybe you hire them, okay? <laughs> Got that part. Okay. All right. So, so you all are paying attention. I was just checking. All right. So, so, but that's part of it. So let's talk about some things, some things that are important. Some of this stuff is repetitious. I have covered some of it, and I hope that I have. But I've covered some of it. But, so that would just make it easy when you participate. It's open forum. It's open participation. And just shout out the answers. So everybody needs to have a handout. If you don't have a handout, let Mark know. And then everybody needs a pen because you've got to write some things down. All right. Does anybody not have a Anybody have, need a handout? Mark's got some, and, and Von Decay's got an extra one. You need a handout, all right? All right. 
All right, an awesome turnout. So let's look at some things in the, in the first question that I put on this paper. Now look at these. These, these four uh, words at the top, penalty, believe, Jesus, and sinner, are your answers. So I made it kind of easy for you. All you got to just pick one. Now, yeah, y'all, he's, he's being good to us tonight. The problem is, is that some people can put the wrong answers in the slots, all right? I'm just telling you, because I've already heard one that said man is a penalty. Y'all believe that? Huh? Man's a penalty. That is not correct. All right. That was, that was Carol. I'm not throwing her on the bus. Huh? All right. So she got up. All right, but let's work through it together. And, and so, so let's look at these. Here you go. Every Sunday... Brother Kerry closes every single message with Romans 3.23, Romans 6.23, Romans uh, 5.8 basically is in there, and then John 3.16. But let's look at man is a what? He's a sinner. Man's a sinner. That's what it says in in Romans 3.23. Do we have an extra sheet? Is there an extra handout? Anybody? Anybody got an extra one? Because I don't have one. You got an extra one? I don't know. I'm not taking you. All right. That's... Is it an extra one? Because otherwise I'm having... I want somebody to read Romans 3.23. All right. Romans 3.23. So let's look at... Somebody read Romans 6.23. All right. So number two. Man owes a blank because of sin. A penalty. We owe a penalty because of sin. That's Romans 6.23. Someone read Romans... 5.8. Which basically means we didn't have to clean it up. That's what we talked about this morning. You ain't got to change nothing for Jesus Christ to die for you. So, so blank paid the penalty for our place, in our place. Who was it? Jesus. Jesus, all right. Man, let's see, John 3.16. Can we say that one? So, man must blank to be saved. You've got to believe. You've got to believe in, in Jesus Christ. You've got to trust. You've got to place your faith and trust in him. Those were easy, weren't they? So, what is salvation? We know what it is. That's four steps. Boom, boom, boom. So, if somebody were to ask you, here's the thing about Christian ministry. What you want to know is how do I defend what I believe? How do I defend my faith? I don't have to know about all the other religions. I don't have to know about all the other denominations. What I need to know is how to defend what I believe. And that's all you have to do, okay? So this is the things that we're working. This is what salvation is. Now, here's a little tricky one. What are the symbols of salvation? And, and, And so we know what salvation is. It's that Christ died on the cross for us. If we trust him and we place our faith and trust in him and we believe in him, we will be saved. That's what the Bible says. But let's look at this. What are the symbols of salvation? Now, here, I, I even went a little bit further, all right? I gave you four choices, and two of them are correct, all right? <laughs> Attendance, baptism, tithing, and the Lord's Supper. <laughs> baptism and the Lord's Supper. Now, here's the thing. Attendance, is that important? Yes. Are we to come together to worship? Yes, sure. sure we are. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to come together with like-minded believers to worship, to grow together, to learn together. Now, you say, well, I, I, can, I can study at home. I can learn at home. I can, you know, I can do whatever I need to do. I, I can watch it on TV. But the thing is, we should come together. Attendance is very important. How about tithing? Is that important? The preacher teach, preach on tithing? 
Huh? How does the ministry get out into the world? It takes money. It takes money. The thing is, is when I say we give to the cooperative program, you give a percentage of your, of your church tithe back to the cooperative program so that those missionaries can have financial funding, all right? All right, so let's look a little bit further. Let's talk about baptism. Because so baptism can be one of those things that people debate and talk about. But this is just be straight up. Baptism does not get you to heaven. But it has a purpose in the Christian ministry. So, so I give you some answers again here. I may just try to be easy with you. Sin, believers, salvation, child, unbeliever. All right? So let's look at these four things. Baptism is not necessary for what? Salvation. salvation. It's not necessary. The only thing that's necessary in John 14, 6, Jesus said what? I'm what? I'm the way. Truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He didn't say... I'm the way, and if you get baptized, that's how you get to heaven. That's not what he said. I'm the way. Jesus Christ is the way, all right? So salvation comes through Jesus Christ, and Christ, what? Alone, all right? So let's look at this. Water does not wash away what? Doesn't wash it away. It can wash away other things, but doesn't wash away, all right? Baptism is for who? Believers, all right? Being dipped under the water has no more meaning for the blank unbeliever than a wedding band has for a child. Absolutely. All right. Those were all very simple. All right. So let's look at these next easy ones. Join, rose, died, obedience, witnessing, symbol, symbolizes, and buried. Did y'all like the way I put the answers down for you? I hadn't done that before, have I? I was trying to, I said, this has got to be a lot easier because they're going to be struggling. I think you're setting us up for next year. It could get a little tight there. All right, so let's look at number one. Immersion, best, blank, a, a burial, and a resurrection. Symbolize. Symbolize. I, I preached on that, and we talked about that here recently. It's a symbol. It's one of the symbols that, that Christ died and he's resurrected. And, and we die with Christ, and we're resurrected with Christ. All right? So that's a symbol. All right? So number two, when you are baptized, you're, you are blank, witnessing to the congregation that you believe that Jesus what? Died and was buried and rose from the grave. All right, so it's just a symbol. All right, number three. Baptism is the first step of obedience a person should take after he's been accepted Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. Now, after trusting and placing our faith in Christ, baptism is how you join the church. That's one of your requirements for Pine Hill Baptist Church. One, to be a believer, and two, to have been baptized. That's in your bylaws, all right? Our bylaws, all right? So that's part of your membership issue. So now let's move on down. The meaning of the Lord's Supper. Let's look at that. Jesus has never asked his disciples to remember his birth, did he? Did he say remember December 25th? In the end of the Bible where it says Jesus said, hey, y'all better remember my birthday, huh? And we acknowledge it every Sunday. Every Sunday we sing happy birthday to somebody, don't we? If they have a birthday, we acknowledge it. But Jesus, not one time did he say, remember my birth, even though we do remember it, every, every December, man, we lead into Christmas, we're, we're talking about the wise men, we're talking about the shepherds, we're talking about the, the angels, we're talking about the, 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 uh, the feed trough that he was born in. We talk about all that stuff because it is important to us, but not one time in the ministry of Christ did he say, you better remember that. Let's move a little bit further. What did he say? But he did instruct them to remember his what? Death and resurrection. Because that's what was important. That's not, you know, if, without the birth, the death and resurrection couldn't have happened. So the birth has to be important. 
But that's not what Jesus focused on. He wanted his disciples to make sure if there's a date that you're going to write down, if there's something that you're going to make sure you remember, it's going to be the fact that I died on the cross for the sins of all mankind. And not only that, it wasn't just a simple death. That three days later, what happened? He rose from the grave. Those are important facts. That's what you want to make sure that you remember. When you defend your faith, what do you believe in? You know, I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. I believe that he was buried in a borrowed tomb. And the reason it was borrowed because what? He ain't going to stay there. He ain't going to need it for three days. That's why it was borrowed. Do you believe that? All right? And he rose on the third day. Those are important things to remember about, about, about what we believe. All right? He gave the church two symbols called ordinances, which are a reminder of his death. All right? And these are baptism and the Lord's Supper. This is part of Christian belief in the Baptist faith. We believe two ordinances. One is baptism and one is the Lord's Supper. We, we baptize as often as we, we uh, can, often as we need to, and that we should partake of the Lord's Supper as often as we should or need to. And so that's just a, a, a set time that, that's led by the church as far as when we should have it. Should we have it every month? Should we have it every service? Should we have it once a quarter? Nothing's etched in stone, but we should have it on a regular basis, okay? All right, so, so the Lord's Supper goes with that. The Lord's Supper is an object lesson that represents great spiritual truth for believers, the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. Now, here's the thing that we, we don't believe, that the, the juice that we partake turns into the blood of Christ. It represents the blood of Christ. We don't believe it actually turns into the blood of Christ. There are people who believe that the juice physically turns into the blood of Christ and that the bread physically turns into the body of Christ. Now, that's not something that we believe, but, but that is, is it's out there, okay? All right. What is the Lord's Supper? In 1 Corinthians 11, 23 and 26, when we have the Lord's Supper, I read this passage of Scripture every time out of, out of 1 Corinthians, all right? It is a simple act not an elaborate ceremony. And so when you partake of the Lord's Supper, there has to be a cleansing of your own self before you partake of the Lord's Supper. You need to make sure that you are right with God before you partake of the Lord's Supper. You need to make sure that you're in tune with heaven, that you have cleaned up everything that you need to address before you take the Lord's Supper. That is important, all right? All right, it's not some kind of celebration. For in 1 Corinthians 23... For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you on the night when which he was betrayed. The Lord Jesus took bread, all right? He took the bread, all right? It is a reminder and a memorial. Memorial. It's a reminder of what actually happened. That's what he's talking about. 1 Corinthians 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. It is a symbol, all right? It's not a physical physical part of his body is a symbol. 1 Corinthians 25. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Again, he's talking about when you do this, when you partake of the Lord's Supper, you need to think about him. You need to think about the fact that his body was broken, that his blood was shed. And this is what it represents, the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross for us is when we take the Lord's Supper, we need to make sure it's not just going through the motions. It's not this we're just sipping some juice and eating a cracker. It represents a significant time in history when Christ paid the ultimate price and sacrificed his own life so that we would be free from sin. 
so that darkness would be removed and light would come in. I mean, that's exactly what it represents and what it means. It's a symbol and a statement, okay? It's a statement of the faith and the proclamation of the gospel. Now, move on down to 1 Corinthians 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Now, who should take the Lord's Supper? This is kind of sometimes it's a little bit tricky as far as who should take. Only those who are already believers. Lost people, non-believers, should not consume the Lord's Supper. All right? One, they have no clue what they're doing. They have no clue why they're doing it. And it has no significance and no meaning for them. All right? So it only has meaning for the believers. All right? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. For whoever eats and drinks without recognizing the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. All right? All right, y'all with me? All right. How do I prepare myself for the Lord's Supper? All right? Let's go on. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven. How do I get ready for this? So then, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup in the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sin against the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself. That's what it says. Let a person examine himself in this way. Let him eat the bread and drink from the cup. All right? If, if everything is, after he's examined himself, let him eat and drink from the cup. All right? Now, where are we at on here? Huh? Do I have 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven? That's self-examination. That's what we just talked about, right? Let me catch up with y'all. I didn't want you paying attention here. Yep, all right, I got on that. That's, uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty seven is self-examination. First John or John 1, 9 and 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one is confessing my sins. And then Matthew 5, 23 to uh, 24 is restoring our relationship. All right? And I didn't put those on there, did I? Is it, did I? Why can't I find Huh? All right. Anyhow, I put those on there. I just can't find them. I'm, I'm double dipping here. All right, so when and how often should we receive the Lord's Supper? 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six. For as often as you eat it, the, uh, this bread, and drink this cup, proclaim the Lord uh, is, until his death comes. And so we typically will be having the Lord's Supper on the 24th, which is the last Sunday morning of this month. All right? Now, what is our objective? All right, four steps for objective. They're on, I got them on your thing as well. All right? Kingdom membership. Obviously, that's what we want to do. That's our objective. We want to be in God's kingdom. We want to be uh, serving while we're here, but our objective is to be in the kingdom of the Lord. All right? Spiritual maturity. We talk about that. We want to grow in our relationship with Him. Number three, effective Christian ministry, which is outreach, which is sharing the gospel, which is teaching people about Jesus Christ, which is leading people to the cross. And then number four, fulfillment of the mission of God. And what's He placed us here to do? What's our mission? As a church, what is the mission of the church? Make disciples. Uh, to, to teach, to baptize, to proclaim the word of God, to, to show the love of God. All right? So at, as Pine Hill. Now these are things, when we move into these things here, these are issues and things for Pine Hill Baptist Church. So what is our purpose? The purpose of Pine Hill Baptist Church is, to say, is the same mission that Jesus Christ gave his followers. Here it is. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 
and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All right? So what's our vision here? And he's always talking about the vision of the church. The vision of Pine Hill Baptist Church is to create a community of authentic believers and to witness a community transformed by a life-changing reality of the gospel as people come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. How many of y'all already knew that because that was in the bylaws and y'all read it? Yes? Jackie knew it, and Myra knew it, and all the bylaws committee knew it, right? All right. All right. Why must we never stop growing, okay? Why must we never stop growing? Because God loves people. Because we want to grow closer to him each and every day. Because we want to lean on him. Because that's when we should never stop growing, all right? Let's look at a few scriptures and a few things that go with that. And then we're going to finish up tonight. All right, Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord is patient, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance, because God commands us to reach out. All right? The Lord is patient, not wishing that anyone perish, but all come to, to know the Lord. I mean, he doesn't want anybody to end up in hell. He doesn't want anybody to end up separated from him. He wants us all to be with him in fellowship. He didn't create anybody to go to hell, and he didn't create hell for people. All right? It was created for Satan and his demons. And so that's the difference that now. Because God commands us to reach out. Luke 14, 23. And the master said to the slave, Go out into the highways and along the hedges and compel them to come in so that the house may be filled. This is God wanting everybody to be in heaven with him. Acts 1, 8. This is what the church wants to be. Man, we want to say and we want to be an Acts 1, 8 church. That's what we want to say. We are an Acts 1, 8 church. Here it is. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest parts of the earth. That's what we want to identify as, all right? Because growth is God's will. Colossians 2.19. And not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth which is from God. All right. Now. I'm going to end it on that spot right there. And then when we come back in two weeks, we'll finish up with the rest of this. And this will be some, some information for you to do with. That's halfway through, I believe. Okay? Any questions? You don't want to keep going? No. Okay. We got business. We do have business, and we got a lot of business we need to take care of. So. What? Uh, all righty. We'll call our business meeting to order, and that is on 9-10-23. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you again for our time together. And Father, I just ask that you be with us during our time of business for your church and God help us to to uh, work through it together and God just pray that everything